This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. My name is Giannis Moti. I'm the CEO of Hotels by Day. And what I love about travel is the improvisation of it all. Um, not having anything planned and the adventure and being able to discover things on the moment. Computers, the internet, cell phones, tablets and apps, every new technology changes the way industry reacts to the needs of consumers. So how is that ultimately changing hotels and the way that hoteliers are looking at the industry? Do check-ins and check-outs need to be as rigid as they are? Is it finally time to say goodbye to the mindsets behind the white glove and bow tie treatment? This is the on-demand society. Is it time for hotels to truly embrace it? This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Giannis, what do you consider to be the biggest opportunity in hotel revenue management? In hotel revenue management, um, specifically would be the idea of, um, of reimagining your hotel um, and reimagining the sources of revenues and the, the opportunities, uh, evaluating opportunities. So all of that is fairly new. The revenue management side of a hotel uh, management is uh, is a new science. It's less than ten years old, mm-hmm. and it's increasingly becoming um, you know very intricate and complex, and um, and reevaluating the way that hoteliers used to see revenue and the RF bar and all that um, is uh, it's it's just fascinating because it's coming from all sides. It's putting itself into questions every so many years, like about two, three years or so. Uh, there's new orthodoxies being developed into how you would um, um, set up your revenues at your hotel. And it's just fascinating to be part of the conversation with Hotels by Day, specifically on being able to add more revenues to a hotel. Mm. Yeah. So how, how do you see, you know, you have to be a part of this conversation as you just described it, right? Mm-hmm. You have to kind of... Uh, Describe to hoteliers that they uh, could re- reuse these rooms in different ways and reimagine them. So yeah. how how does how does hotels by day kind of change the pace for them? And and what does that kind of initial conversation look like? Interesting. Well, the initial conversation has morphed itself and yeah. has changed. From I don't want to hear about it to <laughs> okay let's talk so that already is a setting, um, but um, it's um, we're first of all we're just trying to be part of that conversation because we are a niche play in a nascent sector, and we think we represent an enormous opportunity because we represent the flexibility of hotel consumption. And we think that today's in today's society, that's how people want to consume a hotel stay. They want the flexibility of it. Um, you know, the, the on-demand society that we live in, uh, being able to um, accept a rigid check-in of 3 p.m., stay the night and you must be out by 11 a.m. does not make sense 
in today's society. Yeah, I really, right? I, I resent it sometimes. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. Thank yeah. you. And and I believe that uh, hoteliers are not necessarily in tune with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't necessarily understand that society has uh, is seeing their product differently. Um, they, I mean, to be fair, they understand it, but maybe sometimes they just don't know how to proceed with the next step, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're here to give them the protocol, the technology, and the marketing funnel towards uh, being able to become more flexible, one step at a time, uh, because we think that they they need, you know, they, it's such a humongous structure of managing a hotel or managing a brand, managing a, a you know, various hotel operations that it needs to be done slowly but surely at at the at the right pace. Mm. I think you even see it in in short term property rental. You mm-hmm. know, um, in the in that market, there's still the same concept of this is a set check in check out time yes. and. Yes. It's like almost stress. It is stressful sometimes when yeah. you're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get in because the, you know, the property managers or uh, the owner, if it's a kind of like a smaller Airbnb somewhere or something like that, might not be around. And so at least there's that security in a hotel. But how do you envision, I guess, this kind of hourly in and out stay uh powering all of the nighttime and all of the how does how does the technology play into that because there are such mm-hmm. large infrastructure mm-hmm. issues yeah it's it's a big problem for our sector and our way to solving it, this uh, issue is that actually we don't see it as an hourly play mm-hmm. we see it as a, um, a, a, a a window of time a block of time uh, play so that we mimic what the hoteliers is used to which is a block of time during the night because technically you know if you rent a night stay you're only renting 19 hours right mm-hmm. so that's a block of time and um, we give them that same mindset that same framework to be able to work on a block of time during the day and then suddenly that pill is a lot more swallowable than mm-hmm. if it were on an hourly stay interesting mm-hmm. yeah so i guess i'd be curious you know you've You've done a lot of pitching uh, to a lot of hotels, I'm sure. Um, yes. And probably some of the reservations are the types of guests they get during the daytime as opposed to nighttime. Uh-huh. What kind of audience do you see coming to use daytime rentals as opposed to the night? That's a very good question. And we're pleased, we're proud to say that, for one, we haven't blocked anyone. So um, that's you know a sign that after thousands of bookings, uh, um, we have um, been able to protect our hotels and um, and and being able to come through to the promises and the, the assurances that we are giving to the hotel, mm-hmm. which is we will attract the guest uh, that is respectful enough, that is um, that is of the same level. As a matter of fact, you know we've been polling front desk staff uh, quite often. And uh, they tell us the same thing. The, the, the return has always been the same, which is uh, the guest for the day is similar to the guest that we receive at night. So it's a decent guest. I, I, I think I know where the question goes, which is, you know, that knee-jerk reaction of a day room is usually a romantic play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it comes with the territory. So I'm not going to say that it, it is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hotel room is one of the sexiest products 
on earth. So, uh, you know, it's not church attendance that we're selling. And so <laughs> right. for it to say uh, there will be no romantic aspect to that booking is, you know, yeah. disingenuous at best. Mm. But um, among that, so to start with this is that, yes, there will be, you know, a romantic aspect of a hotel room for the day as much as there's a romantic aspect of a hotel room for the night. And all the OTAs are uh, very familiar with that traffic and that aspect. Uh, but the discovery is the fact that, uh, just like I said earlier, that um, after thousands of booking, we realized that, you know, it's of the same quality and um, of the same decency, of the same respect of the room, of the furniture, of the of the infrastructure, of the operation of the people, etc. And uh, furthermore, the discovery that actually, uh, I'll bet that the idea of flexibility at a hotel room makes sense for a lot of people a lot more than what the um, heritage of that uh, sector used to be, which was solely for romance. Um, so we're seeing that it's actually taking place. And it's a discovery for hoteliers. It, it was our you know, belief and our vision before, and we're seeing it come to play. And we see it also with our reviews from our customers that absolutely love us. You know, we're very well reviewed on Google reviews and other rating agencies. And it's proof in the pudding that, uh, that, that the sector is growing with a lot more variations, a lot more uh, demand uh, or variation in the demand that we uh, initially um, uh, thought of or that the specifically that the hotel and the hotelier suspected of. So yeah, mm. we're pleased with that. And with that customer base, what, how would you say you skew business versus leisure travelers? Uh, we have 55% is leisure. Then we've got another 18% leisure. We have, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is business leisure to got our it. audience that might not be familiar with. Um, and I guess that was the topic on a previous conversation, the leisure aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just wondering. Um, and the, um, the business is about 11 to 12%. But something that we're mm. extremely excited of is the fact that when we polled our customers, uh, what's the reason for using a hotel stay um, at the start of our business? It used to be 2 or 3% was a nap. It's growing to be 16% of our business. Mm -hmm. Thanks to also the fact that we're communicating about the idea of having a nap wherever you are, uh, whenever uh, you feel like it, mm -hmm. you may have a hotel right near your office or your you know business of activity, let's say. Um, and so, therefore, napping is becoming a, 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 a growing sector of our demand. And we're very pleased that. with that. Yeah. The napping trend is real. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, we're seeing it. <laughs> That's so amazing. It, you know, it allows everybody to be more productive, yeah. uh, to be able to, you know, it's wellness as well. Right. Um, and it's interesting how it ties in with, you know, our focus with travel, you know, jet lag, right? Mm -hmm. And fighting that in a smart way. and. And living in a, a jet jet lag free world, mm -hmm. the cure may be the common nap. Indeed, fun. And I so we're here to serve them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, um, so can we walk through kind of the experience for the consumer? Is it is it that you sit as an OTA uh, essentially and mm -hmm. act in that capacity, or or is it a membership organization? Maybe talk us through what I would expect as a consumer of hotels by day. 
Um, so we're closer to the OTA model. We don't mm -hmm. like to call ourselves OTA since it's a taboo world in the industry. I was about to say, because yeah. you're the Yeah, you don't want to say the... you're an OTA. You're the newborn OTA. You definitely don't want to say that nowadays. <laughs> uh, but we mimic the model of booking. We want it to be very fluid. We want as least of a friction as possible in terms of booking, okay. uh, in terms of experience, in terms of uh, even cancellations. Um, in terms of just being able to discover something that is new and that would not ask you a million questions uh, to the reason why you should be uh, booking a day stay or wanting flexibility in your hotel consumption and your hotel stays. Uh, so basically, the, um, the interviewing or the questioning process before the uh, customer on boards is minimal. Um, I believe that less is more on a lot of things that we do. And so I'm, I'm um, actually personally, so maybe that's a little bit of my philosophy that uh, is being portrayed in the company, which is um, I hate it when I have to answer a million questions to use your service. I mean, who's yeah. the client yeah. here? <laughs> I do <I laughs> the client or am I the client? So I like to think that no questions asked. You come in, you book it, you stay, you nap, you rest, you shower, you change you work in privacy, you meet in privacy, and that's it. And you're out the door and everybody's happy. End of story. Hmm. And we're not trying to collect too much information uh, or we're not trying to capture uh, the email. We're doing, uh, you know, very minimal type of conversation with our, with, our, with our customer in terms of newsletters and stuff because we, we, we believe that whenever we communicate, it should be about the important stuff, not about the frivolous, you know, uh, useless We're, we're busy enough with, you know, all of our, you know, chat messages and emails and all that stuff to be bombarded by an extra service out there. So we, we want to respect our guests like that. So speaking of which, it sounds like you're, if you're really keeping communications at a minimum, you're probably not hawking ancillary items. Mm -hmm. what, what is your business model? How does that work? The model is to book a stay and to get a commission out of it from the hotel. Okay. Uh, we don't charge the customer. Uh, we uh, share the revenue with the hotel. And um, in terms of amenities, that's a good question. We are, after three years of launching the company, we're now slowly getting into that field of um, asking the customer if they want something more in, uh, with that room, um, as well as pressuring or rather asking uh, the hotel to give different time bands and different blocks of time to provide to the consumer. So at first, you know, it took them a lot of um, hesitation and resistance before onboarding to the model of a day room um, and to list it also on a third-party platform, right? So we wanted to be, um, our philosophy is to do it one step at a time, slowly but surely wins the race. And so we wanted to adopt the most comfortable time band that the hotel could uh, could run in terms of operations and, and inventory management. And once we've done it for as many time as a couple of years and, uh, you know, a few hundred bookings or more, then we asked that hotel to start being more flexible and give us time bands that would be a little bit more towards the earlier part of the day, the later part of the day, and also coming up with the idea of being able to purchase extra services with that room. Yeah. 
That's interesting. And and when you think about your customer, which is unique, especially versus other competitors in your space, really skewing more leisure slash leisure, as you say, um, how do you match that customer base with a level of hotel? Are you going after the big brands? Are you going after five-star only? like, Or are you doing everything? Is there a niche you're focusing uh, on? We are doing almost everything. The uh, What we do not accept are um, a hotel that would be of a lower standard of quality and service. Um, so we um, we monitor the hotel that would onboard, that would request to onboard because we have a lot of requests to onboard. And we just, um, we scrutinize the hotel through the ratings that they have uh, to make sure that the, the quality is good enough. And um, in terms of star a rating of that hotel. Um, our sweet spot are the four stars. The three stars comes next. Uh, then the two stars, as a matter of fact, and some of them we on board simply because we see that they have a record and a history of quality, of service, mm-hmm. of passion, mm-hmm. of uh, being able to serve their customers, sometimes going the extra mile. And so then comes the two star and the five star. So to answer your question, how do we segmentize uh, our customer based on the hotel that we have we um, try to provide as many hotels as possible and we let the hotel uh, the customer choose now it is um, quite intriguing that the customer you know to go back to the earlier question the earlier point which is you know how is that customer how is that day stay customer uh, uh, related to the night stay how, what's the quality what's the what's the standing of it um, of of the day customer versus the night customer and being that all the hotels are telling us the same thing which is it's of the same quality we assume that actually the brand of that property is um, is commanding its own customers, whether it's a day or a night stay, it right. fits with their hotel. So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty interesting to see that their branding actually um, spills over to uh, the you know the, the 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 other sectors and and that the customer relates him or herself to the brand based on uh, their standings of uh, of experiences of living of purchasing etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So it it's very fitting. So a two star would actually see the same uh, type of customer that they would usually receive for uh, a nice day, and a five star would also see something that is similar to the to the experience that they have for a nice day customer. Great. Did that answer the question? Completely. Yeah, that's a really unique approach too. I like that. Yeah. And speaking of um, fun extra amenities, you brought us something today. Indeed. (laughs) What uh, what was that? So I brought empanadas. Empanadas. Empanadas, Argentinian empanadas that are baked, not fried. So they're healthier. I brought some uh, shiitake curry, some uh, oh empanadas. Um, I brought some portobello mushroom with mozzarella empanadas. Wow. I brought some uh, the classic ham and cheese. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, I brought some sweet empanadas that are made out of Nutella, cranberries, and pear. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why meal. we're talking about it. We should be eating them instead <laughs> of talking about it. That's amazing. Uh, Thank you. Sure. Let's dig in. My pleasure. Hey everybody, this is Vikram Iyer with the American Enough Podcast. 
and just wanted to thank all of you for listening and tuning in week after week. Uh, We are just on the precipice of clearing our one-year anniversary, and this has been an incredible journey and examination of who America really is against the, the headwinds of our modern times. If you are interested in the perspectives of mayors and how the identity of their cities is changing America's fabric, or how our foreign policy is changing the way that CIA agents do their business, or even how those brave enough to come forward and and stake a claim in the Time's Up or the Me Too movement, how their identities have have been changed by speaking out so publicly, Uh, or even if you're just interested in how Netflix documentarians are viewing the world and using satire and entertainment to cope with our current times, there is something for everybody across this channel, and uh, we hope that you continue to subscribe and like wherever you pod. American Enough can be found on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. Um, and if you have any feedback or have any ideas for more great show, never hesitate to, to email Vikram at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com or tweet at Vikram Iyer on Twitter. And uh, please keep spreading the word. This is not over anytime soon. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, Email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. So we all know the way people travel is changing and it's changing quickly. Um, how do you acquire customers in this, in this new economy? Um, and how do you think that will change as techno- hotel technology develops? Mm. Um, so... I have a comment to your question, which is we all know that travel is changing. Uh, the hospitality doesn't necessarily know that yet. Uh, <laughs> so they're, they're getting into it. Um, and they've been caught uh, by surprise many times in the past. Um, and uh, I suspect that they will be caught by surprise in the future as well uh, in terms of all its changing trends and needs and all that stuff. Uh, the uh, the the heritage of how to run the, uh, the operation, how to run the hotel, the education that goes with it, that's very structured. By the way, um, some of our um, additional uh, help and interns uh, sometimes come from Switzerland, from mm-hmm. the hospitality school in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And I see in those uh, 18 to 20-year-old kids that mindset that is already framed and that is already um, you know structured so much into the old school hospitality white glove and bow tie and you know and, and being able to cater to the guest in the old school fashion um, you know and that a free service should not exist because then otherwise people will you know abuse of it and all that so all that structuring comes from school and comes from the operation of a hotel and the 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 mindset that uh, leaves them to you know, not being necessarily on the top of the wave of change, but sometimes at the bottom of it. Um, to go back to your specific question, um, into um, and it'll come back to me. I'm sorry. What was the question specifically? Uh, customer acquisition okay. and a new economy. new trends and new economy exactly. Um, so 
in terms of customer acquisition, we're um, we're challenged by one thing specifically for us, uh, for our sector of day rooms. Um, your customer acquisition in hospitality and in travel is uh, known to be quite costly, and um, what? Uh, so that's a challenge to start, and. The, furthermore, our challenge specifically is the fact that we um, we acquire a customer for quite of a cost and we are limited by the potential of that purchase because we could only sell a day room uh, that will not string together like a seven night, you know, a customer will not purchase seven nights right. uh, mm. uh, or seven days the same way that they would purchase seven nights. Right. So the income that we generate out of this conversion is limited. Um, and so that's quite of a challenge for hotels by day uh, and for our sector in general. Uh, at the same time, it's an amazing opportunity for the hotels because we're essentially a marketing hack to uh, for them to acquire a new customer that they can then turn loyal and and you know and 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 have that conversation directly with right. the customer. And they acquired it for a commission on a half day stay yeah. solely once versus having to pay multiple hundreds on somebody that booked four nights stay at the highest ADR from another channel. Yeah. So it's an amazing opportunity for hotels. And we're pleased to see that some of them are recognizing this fact. Um, in terms of like following the, the or being trend setters in hospitality, uh, that's not the case. But um, they're, they're being a little bit more agile lately in trying to, you know, mimic the Airbnb feel of things um, in, in trying. The brands are trying to be more independent in look and feel in the experience of it all. Mm. Um, so we're seeing that uh, the new customer demand of having something original, having something particular to them, having a philosophy that fits them in their in the hospitality uh, booking that they've uh, ch chose or the hospitality uh, location that they chose needs to fit their personalities where before it was all about, you know, the, uh, the bottom line. Now it's about the, f the bottom line actually gets fed by a feel and look and feel of, of the whole experience. So experience is the key, by the way. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. well, so how do you, how do you kind of, how do you head your bets on this then? Because I can see the huge value prop that you're that you're bringing to the hotels. So that should uh, conceivably help you kickstart locations pretty mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. But then you're talking, you know, about the unit economics of mm -hmm. smaller margins mm -hmm. on a half day stay on your end. What are ways that you can kind of what do you see as the future that you'd be able to create in the suite of products that Hotels by Day is able to do that inevitably kind of increases those margins and provides those types of products mm -hmm. that, that will retain mm -hmm. a customer and bring them back? Mm -hmm. Well, um, so we run a deficit on every booking, but we make it up in volume. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the old joke. Um, so, so uh, look, we have um, our philosophy and I think that um, I, we will be proven correct, is to stay um, greedy, uh, sm not small, but, you know, very aware of cost, 
Um, and growing organically, I think, is the, the name of the game. Um, it takes time for the industry to move our way, and I wanted to give it time. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, we are passionate about the experience of a day stay and providing it to our customers. And we're seeing that those customers love the experience of it. When they discover our website, they review it saying, you know, they're giving us five stars, by the way, saying this is the best thing after sliced bread. I can't believe you guys exist. You save my day from, you know, a early cruise uh, disembarkment and I had a flight later on or I needed to take a break for the day here in the city. Or, or I came from, you know, the suburb. I didn't know what to do for a few hours or I had to prepare for a meeting. So in so many other situations that we initially, you know, just envision, we're seeing this model growing. And that is essentially, that's my strategy. That's our strategy, pardon mm -hmm. me, which is grow by the pace of what the industry is getting accustomed to and 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 what the customers are um, adopting and the the pace of of conversion from the customers and guess what um, we're seeing that we're being rewarded in that fact because we're seeing that a lot of our customers just refer it to their friends word of mouth is very strong massive, in terms of market yeah. it's massive exactly so it's it just you know the the, the surprising factor of finding something that is not so rigid in terms of hotel consumption to the customer is worthy enough for them to talk about it to their friends, their colleagues, their family, whoever, and then we get the we the, we reap the reward of that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's our strategy in addition to the classic channels of communication, which is um, a lot of PR, um, a lot of communicating, 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 communicating to everybody, and that's one of the reasons why I was so ecstatic to be here as well today. Uh, so lots of PR, uh, which led us to Shark Tank, by the way, and that was really a, an amazing opportunity to, uh, for us. Um, the, um, the conversion on um, search engine marketing, uh, search engine optimization, which is essentially uh, growing the audience and the communication to you with your audience about what is a day stay or just just other interesting stuff about travel, um, just brings in that organic growth. Um, and we're taking our time because yeah. we feel that um, this sector needs a little bit more time to get to mm. its peak, um, and we don't want to rush it. And um, I believe we'll be proven right in the long run that uh, we will be the winners of that formula of day stays and flexibility of, of bookings simply because we allowed hospitality to join us at the right moment whenever they are ready for it. Yeah. Um, so trying to rush things into a structure that's, you know, um, that has that's very rigid in terms of operation, contracting with operations, in terms of the education of how to run your hotel and trying to shake that, you know, happy-go-lucky come in and you change the model from a night stay to a day stay and from, you know, uh, an hourly stay and all that stuff meets a lot of resistance. So you need to do it intelligently uh, according to your supplies, um, your supplier's needs and wants and desires and, and comfort level. Yeah. Well, the value prop is so is so apparent for the for the hotels, and mm -hmm. uh, it definitely makes a lot of sense in terms of you know filling in uh, an unmatched need. You know, uh, so there's a lot of opportunity. I see. I can. It's it's interesting as well that like mm -hmm. major OTAs haven't really played in this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's like Booking. dot com in particular has their 
Facebook.com. That's because of technology. And, you know, it's yeah. very compelling. And it's interesting, mm. too, when you look at the way people book travel, and, and maybe this is what you're talking about, um, with the industry finally catching up, is, like, people are booking things. It used to be seven weeks out. Now it's, like, the day before. Yeah. Right? And so this yeah. concept of, like, really going with the flow, being open to last-minute bookings, I think plays really well for you. But True. But you mentioned a lot of really kind of different use cases, right? From yep. someone preparing to a meet for a meeting to taking a break when you have jet lag. What do you think is the ideal use case where hotels by day is really going to gain a bunch of traction and find like its key use case? The the use case is multiple. Um the um there's not one shoe that fits all. It's the idea of flexibility. And so when you represent flexibility out there, um, the idea of flexibility is, is having multiple options and multiple cases, multiple um, uses or, or choices. Uh, so we represent flexibility. So for us to hone in into one use case or just concentrate on just one um, action, let's say, of why you should be booking a hotel stay defeats the purpose of why we, uh, of our mission, really, of flexibility anytime, anywhere. But um, to go back to a previous point, we're actually seeing that um, uh, napping and resting and, and recharging and, and taking a break is becoming a bigger and bigger thing. And so um, we are happy with that. And we're happy with, by the way, everybody in the sector that is growing this model. Because here's the amazing opportunity. We have just barely scratched the surface in terms of um, connecting to the demand. You know, 99.9% uh, .9 of the population out there still doesn't know we exist. So I see beautiful um, opportunities in the next five years for our industry. I just wanted to uh, give it time uh, and to grow with, uh, with, with, the, uh, with the demand and with the, the supply as well to, to allow them to get used to this. Um, and, you know, when we first launched this business, we focused on two things, two items, two conversation topics with our hoteliers. The idea of adding revenue to um, their um, idle rooms that would be sitting empty between an early checkout and a late check-in. So even when they're 100% sold out, which not every hotel is all the time, uh, but even then, they would be facing 20% of their checkouts before 9 a.m., sometimes more than that, especially in New York. And another 30% that wouldn't check in before 6. So that, you know, 9 to 6, so then you could essentially structure a time band of 10 to 5, and then being able to turn those rooms. And that's part of the sharing economy that Airbnb made so famous um, of that topic, of that sector of, which is, you know, being able to use a, an idle space and, and make use of it in a different way. So we're, um, we, we follow that conversation, we follow that trend, and we allow hotels to become a part of that uh, new economy of sharing economy. In addition, because of that flexibility. We also on the sector of on-demand society, right? The, the possibility of booking whenever you want with uh, more flexibility than what you used to as well fits the on-demand economy that we are into. Um, and then, you know, I tell hotels, um, less so now, but 
before specifically, um, I was a little bit polemical. I was telling them that hospitality turned inhospitable to the on-demand society because they just couldn't cater to that 3 p.m. check-in uh, or to anything else than the 3 p.m. check-in, pardon me. And so, um, and so together, hand-in-hand, uh, hand, we're allowing that, that, that possibility to exist and to emerge. So what do you think are the... Um kind of technology hurdles and, and more the opportunities for technology in the hospitality space. Thank you for asking that because it's a major uh, topic in uh, hospitality. It's a major topic that is uh, one of the most uh, controversial sector of hospitality, which is the fragmentation of its technology. By the way, the fragmentation of everything because, you know, uh, brands... Uh, don't necessarily um, decide for all the hotels that they uh, have a flag on top of. Uh, so there's a fragmentation of ownership. There's a fragmentation of decision. There's a fragmentation of running the hotel and the operation. And last but not least, there's a fragmentation of technology. Mm -hmm. And basically, technology in hospitality is a layer um, of a technology uh, update on top of another since pretty much mid-60s. Uh, so some hotels and some, um, you know, travel-related industries still run on a blue screen, you know, uh, technology that is very ancient, but very useful as well. So, you know, they, for, for what they are meant to do, they do it well. But for anything else that deviates from the norm, they don't do it or they are disastrous at it. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem with technology or within the, with hospitality that the technology does not allow them to be flexible, nibble, and, uh, and much more agile and being able to follow the trends of modern society. It's not like hospitality is full of, you know, um, heads in the sands, ostriches. It's the fact that they don't have the right tools to be able to be flexible out there. And so when you ask earlier, why, it, why wouldn't a bigger OTA do this? Why wouldn't the hotel... Uh, you know, run this sector of day rooms and all that. It's because they, they just don't have anything to plug and play. Mm. So we have to come in and we have to give them the protocol and the technology as best as we know how to do it uh, for them to run that operation a little bit more smooth than what they can do it on their own or through a third-party technology-prone or technology-based company. So basically, uh, PMSs, CRSs, GDSs, everything that is the ecosystem of technology and hospitality does not know what the hell we're doing and they don't know how to um, make it happen. Um, and uh, pardon me, again, I'm polemical, but maybe because I'm, this is a topic that gets me heated. Um, they obviously understand, but they, you know, it's, 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 it's changing the norm that they are familiar with too much. Uh, for them to feel comfortable on adopting. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's changing the formula, the processing of a, of a, of a booking from a night stay to a day stay. How would you run the uh, inventory of it, et cetera? Right. So they are just laggards, for lack of a better word, waiting for the industry to really force that change onto everyone mm -hmm. until they actually come in with the budgets to make, be able to make the changes that is necessary to today's technology. And it's not just us, by the way. Um, one of the major problems for travel startups is the fact that hospitality is, is so, um, so closed up. 
uh, you can't connect to it, and that will kill a lot of startups. Yeah, it's um, definitely so, something we've seen for a lot of hospitality. That's so, right. They're it's, really they're competing for somebody's second screen as opposed to their actual reservation yeah. systems. And Thank you. That's true. It's that's very, well you said. Know, they're competing against each other for that noise and that attention, and it's it's quite difficult when you actually need something that is you know uh, demanding. You know, customer interactions in particular, um, extra bookings uh, not played into the same reservation system. It ends up having somebody on the other side that needs to manage those things. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably what you've seen a lot of, uh, especially in New York, there's mm-hmm. a terrific amount of them. Um, I'd be curious, you know, Oracle runs the game on a mm-hmm. lot of the closed systems for mm-hmm. PMSs in a lot of the hotels. But there are some really interesting PMSs that are starting to kind yeah. of come to rise with a little bit more of an open source solution. True. You know, um, do you think... How how does hotels hotels by day plug into a GDS or into a PMS or anything like that? Or is there even a possibility of doing that at this point, or you know, is it is it something where it's just got to run on its own until there's enough volume? Mm. Also, a little leading. I apologize. But, yeah. it, I I believe that it will run on its own until there's enough volume for yeah. one. Okay. Mm. Um, again, uh, with that. Um, spirit of being fair for everyone and for to everybody in the industry, it takes time before you actually start accumulating and adopting new models, right? right. Um, but um, to answer your question specifically, three years ago, there was no way. Right. Now, it's there are possibilities, there are conversations, and there are solutions on the table that are still somewhat of a hack. Uh, so it's not a direct connectivity mm-hmm. in in its way in its sense or the way that we know it to be um, but now people are listening now people are seeing uh, that uh, there should be a solution out there in terms of technology and so I believe that it's going to be a wonderful future in another two years uh, where we will have the first PMSs that seamlessly integrate uh, to various different solutions out there, not just us again. Uh, We're seeing a lot of startups that actually are there to try to solve the problem of uh, this blocked technology ecosystem. Um, So just the, the fact that those startups exist is very promising. Are you interested in conversations about the crossroads of business and innovation? What if those conversations were about the largest industry in the U.S.? Hi, I'm Tom Kutzman. If you answered yes to both of those questions, then it's about time you check out Real Estate Is Your Business on the Mouth Media Network. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, realestateisyourbusiness.com. So what's the most off-the-beaten path that you've ever felt while traveling? Huh. Um, well, literally being off the beaten path two years ago with my wife in Tuscany, we were following a national road until I saw a little dirt road on the side of it. And I decided to just follow it uh, inquisitively until uh, we 
we couldn't follow it anymore. We parked the car, we walked the rest of the little uh, path, and we found ourselves in a in a abandoned villa full of fig trees all around it. Wow! It was August; those figs were ready to pop. So we popped them in, in our mouth. I think we ate like three trees worth of <laughs> uh, it was It was an amazing experience. Just, you know, under the crickets at like midday, uh, Tuscany was kind of, it was hot, but without being uncomfortable. And we were just eating all those fig trees in an, somewhat, it was an abandoned villa, but also a side um, um, uh, uh, houses right nearby. So it must have been like a farm or something. And everything was crumbling. And it was just, uh, it was just gorgeous. It was, it was, uh, it was poetic, I guess. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing stay. That was incredible, right? That was just incredible. It was fascinating. Well, speaking wow. of you, you have a quite a history in, in the hospitality industry. Um, in travel, actually. In travel yeah. broadly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious at what point in your life you felt that the hospitality that you were uh, experiencing made you just feel like you were at home. At what point in my travel, the hospitality that I experienced made me feel like home? Many times, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, I think, huh. I mean, the the idea of something relaxing, something um, charming um, without being pompous will automatically make me feel comfortable um and so the images that come to my head when i answer uh, are place a hammock in costa rica or a small boutique hotel in uh in syracuse in mm. uh, in sicily um so places close to the sea i guess that what's i guess that's what make me feel like home interesting that's where i'm from as well uh, very close to the sea in Carthage, Tunisia. That's where I was born. That's where I was raised. Mm. Um, and so uh, it's a very sea culture, sea-oriented culture, uh, from its foodstuff to its history. A lot of trading, a lot of sea, a lot of Mediterranean blues, blue and whites, very similar to Greece. Um, so that, uh, I think anything, whenever I can see the sea, it's the, one of the reasons why I feel comfortable with Manhattan as well, that oh. I know that the water is around. Um, I don't see it enough, but it's it's familiar. It's there, and whenever I get to see it, I feel very nostalgic, poetic, um, and just uh, it it just re uh, invigorates my soul. Well, it was calming and beautiful just to hear. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, on that note, you know, I'd love to hear maybe your final thought, or it could be a reflection on. On this interview, it could be of just your experiences with the travel industry, mm -hmm. um, really anything. My final thought in, um, in travel and hospitality is that it's an amazingly fascinating sector um, for its challenges, for its complexities, for its, um, its variations, and for where it's actually... Um, what it's actually giving us, um, richness of experience, um, breaking barriers, uh, bridging cultures. And it's a wonderful place to be as opposed to sectors that are very dry 
possibly more enriching in terms of money. So I think that being where we are, uh, money should not be the 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 main factor. I mean, I, I I would hate it for somebody to go into hospitality or travel with you know making a lot of money in mind. Um, you go there for the passion, for the lifestyle, for um, for what you're able to create, uh, for the hospitality and the 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 person to person feel. It's a human business, very much so. Um, and then and then money hopefully should flow uh, from it from from its passion, and that's what we form our team by. Um, there's been a lot of shakeups at Hotels by Day, but the passion of being able to provide the experience of a day stay for people to have this amazing, unexpected experience of a room for the day to be able to help their agendas and their scheduling and all that stuff, it, it actually fit into their into their uh, schedule or in, into their pace of what they were about to do or just a, solving a travel pain is what's driving us. Uh, we don't care about the rest. Uh, we are being challenged by finances. We're being challenged by marketing. We're being challenged by all sorts of, you know, infrastructure or rather the, all the surrounding around the startup. And we truly don't care uh, for just to, you know, being uh, polite because otherwise I would have said another word. We truly <laughs> don't care uh, because we are passionate about the reviews and about the customers sending us e emails and telling us, you saved my day. And that makes me happy and that makes us all happy. And uh, that that's what travel and hospita hospitality should be about and is about. And you see that in a lot of companies and people that work in this industry is that it's that main drive that main passion of being able to help people i think that's that's the wonder that's the wonderful thing of it that's awesome well um you know speaking of all the amazing work you're doing at Ho hotels by day what would be the easiest way for somebody to get in touch with you or uh, the team um, so hotelsbyday.com uh, would already lead to various possibility of contacting us uh, from a personal basis to a general, um, you know, uh, way of communicating. Uh, my LinkedIn profile, Yanis Moati. Um, I think that should be enough to start. Uh, I'll, I'll get a or, or send a review as well and I'll get in touch as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again for speaking with us, Giannis. This is uh, really Thank great. Thank you. Thank you. It was a wonderful opportunity. I love being here. Thank you so much. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.